Across the Netflix stream, I'm Ward. This is your resource for Netflix. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Twitter, and Facebook. Cross the Netflix stream. Contact us. Let us know what you think, what you've seen, and what we should see. Go to our website to find all of our older episodes, written reviews, and Netflix news. Cross the Netflix stream.com. Also watched Mother, Kingsman, The Golden Circle, Happy Death Day. In Mother, a couple's relationship is tested when uninvited guests arrive at their home, disrupting their tranquil existence. This is a movie that's going to constantly provoke you to ask, what is this? It is bewildering. And despite it being bewildering, it didn't make me want to give up. I mean, some movies are just so confusing. Like, forget this. I'm not going to waste my time on this. But this, I didn't want to give up on it. I was intrigued. I wanted to know what happened. I had a few ideas. Because this is, it's part metaphor, part allegory. And it's vague enough that it could be anything or well, anything except for straightforward. It's well made. I mean, the attention to detail, the way shots are framed, uh, it's just, it's incredibly well made. But it's so far from typical, I think a lot of people just aren't going to like this. Because it's not a normal movie. It's not a movie that is clear even what's going on. After experiencing it once, I think watching again might provide a little more insight. Because this is crafting a story about creation and the earth. And it refuses to settle on any one story to maximize the interpretation. Uh, I think, it, you know, this is going to be a movie that's divisive. But it is very well made, and it's a neat one. Of, it's a neat, you know, like film buff, film class type movie about. Oh, look at how this is made. Look at you know how they did this. How this represents that. That type of stuff. It's you know art house type stuff. And this movie has a dreamlike quality because everything is slightly off just from how people interact, how people talk, to how things, how the home behaves. The home seems to have a mind of its own. It has a heart. You know, it's a beating heart, literally a beating heart. So there's that disconnect. This is not a typical world. You've got this woman who, and the reason. It, Part of the reason it feels like a dream is that Jimmy Lawrence plays this woman who's a spectator trapped in this uncanny world. A lot of times it feels like she just can't escape. She's just watching what happens, like she has no control over it. And her perspective, it feels exactly like what it's like to be in a dream when you can't wake up. And the entire movie has this terror, this unease, because we know things are not going to work like we expect. So you never know what's, quite what's going to happen. And, you know, for a lot of the movie, the camera is on Jennifer Lawrence framing her in a headshot a lot of the movie. Not that it's bad, you know, it works. You know, she conveys a lot of emotion. We spend a lot of time at that angle, and we watch a lot of her reactions to everything that unfolds, which, again, makes it kind of... I mean, you've got, you've got Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem there in this house. Then you get this couple, Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer, and they stay at the house, even though Jennifer Lawrence didn't really like that. And I use their names because they didn't have character names. They're just man, woman, couple. And this couple has no self-awareness. And, you know, without a clear outline or clear idea of where this is going, I'm beginning to try to figure out, all right, what is this? Is this the origin story for, you know, like the earth, the house represents the earth? Is this, is this new couple Adam and Eve? Because their sons certainly seem like they're Cain and Abel with some of the things that transpire. And I was never sure how Javier Bardem's character, uh, the husband, how he fits into this, because she's there mostly to support him. He's this once, fam- once famous poet encountering writer's block. And I don't know. Who knows how it fits together? You know, there's a lot of interpretation. Then there's this party at the house. And the woman, she's hospitable, but people keep taking advantage and breaking things. And they just don't care. So you think, okay, this is a metaphor for Earth and how the Earth is mistreated. Then I began to wonder, well, just kind of like a relationship, you know, how how the world can affect a relationship and change things. And I mean, what I find neat about this movie is that it could easily be bad. It's not easy to create something so vague and maintain interest. Usually, those things, you know, if you're vague people lose interest and this it didn't didn't happen like that for me this thing gets bonkers towards the end there's pandemonium there's sacrifice and this certainly seems to skew towards religious metaphor you know to the sacrifice thing you know uh god sacrificing his son christ and yeah this has kind of that layer of it and you know aronofsky did 
the Noah movie, which was kind of a, his take on the biblical story of Noah and the flood. So it seems like it goes that way. I don't know. I mean, I, I began to think, okay, am I, am I mixing the confusion of what this movie is with death? Am I thinking, oh, this has depth because it's confusing? But I don't think so. And I think watching this again, I have even a better understanding if I watch it again. Because this movie, it pushes you right into right into that. And the final scene directly leads into the... It pushes you right into watching again because the final scene is a mirror of the very first scene. It's pretty much the exact first scene we saw. A lot of questions in this, very few answers. But this is a great example of balancing art and entertainment. It'd be easy to completely frustrate viewers with this, but this remains entertaining as we watch. And, you know, you watch hoping to stumble upon a clue to the answer. I thought it was a really neat movie, and I'd recommend it. Kingsman the Golden Circle. When their headquarters are destroyed and the world is held hostage, the Kingsman's journey leads them to the discovery of an allied spy organization in the U.S., the Statesman. And these two elite secret organizations must band together to defeat a common enemy. I thought the first Kingsman was great. It kind of takes the spy genre, turns it on its ear a little bit. But the sequel, it lacks the freshness in the original. Lacks the freshness of the original. Because we've seen this type of movie now, so it's not as fresh because, well, the first one did that. It is bigger in every way, from set pieces to cast. And the tone and humor remain the same. It's a solid continuation. It feels like a continuation. But at the same time, it also just feels bloated compared to the original. There's just a lot more... And it loses the focus. And it goal, its goal seems to be just to jumpstart a franchise rather than entertain me like the first one. The first one seemed like it just wanted to have fun, entertain me. This one seems like it just wants to set up a franchise because that's what we do now. I liked the first one. I thought the first one was fresh. It's self-aware of the spy movie genre. And this one, it just suffers from the excesses of a sequel. And there's more of everything, characters, fights, gags, longer runtime. And it lacks the focus and it lacks the fun. The first one seemed like an attempt at something new, and this sequel is just primed to create a franchise that, at this point, I don't really want. You've got a bonkers fight to open this up. You've got Eggsy, you know, the protagonist from the first one. He's attacked by a metal-armed menace. He manages to beat the guy, uh, but that fight kind of sets up the plot of this. And I did, I thought it was funny because at one point, Eggsy and Roland, they are the last two agents of the Kingsmen, and they have to resort to the emerging protocol, which is drinking whiskey. It's a crazy movie. It just doesn't have anything to really hold it together. It has more leeway than the first one, and it takes it. There's a lot of Elton John cameos, and he saw his comic relief, but it's just not a thing that kind of makes the movie bloated because he's not really integral to it. He's just kind of this funny little gag. Uh, Harry, you know, he returns from the first movie. Um, there's the statesman, the American counterpart. Channing Tatum's a cowboy. Uh, Pablo Pascal's a cowboy. I don't know. Um, there's a whole plot with Harry who was assumed dead and that plot takes way too long to resolve. And it's just kind of, and as silly as this series can be and is, the Harry plotline's taken away. This is just more, it's more of everything. There are a lot of ideas in this and I would like to have seen the ideas spread along a couple of, because this is trying to cram a couple movies into one and jumpstart a few movies. It just never feels as creative or new as the first one. And you know, even, uh, uh the director, Matthew Vaughn said he wants to create a spinoff focusing on the Statesman. So this movie, you know, he feels like it's just trying to jumpstart a franchise, and it the director's even said that's what it's. Happy Death Day. A college student must relive the day of her murder over and over again in a loop that will end only when she discovers her killer's identity. This combines a Groundhog Day loop with a murder mystery story, and it has enough twists to make it interesting, but it's still kind of uneven. This kind of story's been done many, many times, and this is just not the best example of the subgenre. There isn't a few twists without straying too far, from the plot, and I don't know. I mean, it's not like this is anything you need to see. It's like, oh, okay, another one of these. I'd say skip it. It's just, it doesn't do anything like that. Because it's hard not to 
have this just feel tired. We've seen this concept so many times. It's easy to determine that, oh, you know, this main character, the girl tree is a jerk. So is she going to experience some life awakening and become a better person? Because that's what sometimes happens in movies. Uh, the movie isn't that predictable, thankfully. Uh, but, you know, we get the extended scene where she's she's not sure if the day's repeating and she has deja vu and everything's so weird. And she doesn't enter a phase of apathy. She just wants to know who killed her. And just about, as the movie's about to lose on this, you know, she's trying to figure out who did it. We learn she's retaining the damage of the killings. And so it gives her a bit of a timeline because she doesn't hurry up and figure this out soon. She might not survive. And you know, even kind of the fun moments where, I mean, because this character's a colossal. And as she becomes more self-aware, yeah, it's kind of fun where she reacts to her so-called friends. But it's something you knew was going to happen from the start. There's just no way for this to not be horror version of Groundhog Day. That is exactly what it is. And this movie directs Groundhog Day directly, as it should, because it owes that movie a huge debt. This just doesn't have the heart or some of the undertones of spending eternity in limbo like Groundhog Day did. This is a little bit more superficial, a little more shallow, unfortunately. Now, this introduces a serial killer into the mix. You think, oh, that's the culprit. But I kind of thought, well, that seems a bit odd because, you know, as we relive this day a few times, a lot of times where I think, well, there's no way the killer could get to her or find her unless he knew who she was or what was going on. And that is a bit of red herring. Uh, but at the same time, it's kind of easy to say, well, it just must be a lapse in the plot. Cause you know, that's kind of movie what this is. They just, they just screwed it up. You know, they just took the easy way out. So it's, it's not bad in that way, but you know, there's times where tree has night vision goggles or just pulls out like these crazy things that in the real world, this wouldn't, uh, cause some things don't have any logic to it, logic to it. So you think some of these plot potential plot issues were just, well, the movie doesn't have any logic to it. That's it. Uh, that's happy death day. It's not bad. It's not the worst movie you could ever watch. But I wouldn't take that invitation to actually watch it. Go to our website, crossthenetflixstream.com. This is your portal to find us on social media, our written reviews, news, previews, and videos. You can email me directly, ward at crossthenetflixstream.com. Go to iTunes or your preferred podcast player. Rate this, review it. I would appreciate it. I watch movies on Netflix so you don't have to.